0: Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit
1: iradioblog.com.
0: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.
2: This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome
3: to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome our military personnel in Afghanistan and other parts of the world who are tuning in today. Thank you for your emails, letters and comments. And I also want to welcome new listeners on KXL in Portland and KVOI in Tucson. Thank you for being with us. Our guest today is Patty Solis Doyle, former campaign advisor to Hillary Clinton and to the 2008 Obama-Biden ticket. We'll be talking about what's on the minds of campaign managers in both the Democratic and Republican camps as we head into home stretch. Before Doyle joins us, I'd like to tell you a little bit about her background. Her father and mother emigrated to the United States from Monterey, Mexico in 1954. Doyle was born in Chicago, Illinois and grew up on Chicago's South Side, the youngest of six children. She is a proud graduate of Notre Dame High School and Northwestern University. Her first taste of politics came when she began working on Richard M. Daley's 1990 campaign for the mayor of Chicago. Daley's campaign manager at the time was David Willem. And Willem knew talent when he saw it. So when he moved to Little Rock, Arkansas to manage Bill Clinton's run for the presidency, he invited Doyle to join him. Doyle accepted the position as Hillary Clinton's assistant, a position which eventually led to the White House where Doyle worked for the First Lady, helping to promote Clinton's policies on children, healthcare, and other national issues. Then Doyle was tapped to serve as Chief of Staff for Hillary Clinton's 2000 Senate campaign, and later for Clinton's bid for the Democratic nomination for the President of the United States. Doyle has the distinction of being the first Hispanic woman to direct a presidential campaign. When Barack Obama won the party's nomination, Doyle was offered an opportunity to become Vice President Biden's chief of staff. In this position, she managed day-to-day vice presidential operations leading up to the president's successful election. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report an accomplished strategist who has been named one of the 100 most influential Hispanic leaders in the country, Ms. Patty Solis Doyle. Welcome to the program, Ms. Doyle. Oh, thank you so much for
1: having me. I'm so happy to be on the air with you.
3: <laughs> Wonderful, and thank thank you for taking time. I know this is a busy time for everybody as we, as I said, go into home stretch here on the election. You know, Fox News, even Fox News, is reporting that the president's job approval ratings are up a couple of points this last week. So you're mm-hmm. an experienced campaign manager. What what's the significance of moving from a 47 Point uh, approval rating to a forty-nine percent approval rating.
1: Well, um, right now, this this close to the election is actually very important. You know, uh, once you get over that fifty threshold, um, that's just a really positive number. And uh, right now, President Obama is close. And in fact, he's over fifty actually um, in many of the battleground states. And uh, I think yeah. I think. Um, um, as I said, this close to the actual election, it just means a lot because um, it's hard for any other kind of movement or uh, any other kind of real opinion to cement between now and the election. So, you know, it's, it's very positive.
3: There's no question this is a big surprise because this move literally happened over the last week or so. Um, real Clear Politics, they publish, I don't know, something like in the order of 75 polls. And then they're, we're fortunate because they post an average. But this year, more than any other, the polling data seems to have an abnormally widespread, as much as like 14-point differences between the polls. Can you talk to us about how big a role these polls play and how does
1: a campaign manager read these tea leaves? Well, you know, every campaign obviously looks at all of the different polls, and and there's always a margin of error between, you know, uh, four, five, six points. Um, But I think that the the polling that matters most is your own internal polling, Um, because um, campaigns these days actually are very sophisticated in terms of targeting, in terms of who is it uh, that you're trying to reach? Who is it that you think is going to uh, most likely vote for you? And then get those people out to the uh, to the polls. So the the polls that really I think matter are your own internal polling, and that really dictates. Um, so many things. You know where you're going to put your resources. Where you're going to buy uh, uh, heavily in terms of ad advertising. Where you're going to spend a lot of money on ground operation. Where you're going to um, do a lot of phone calls into individual homes. Where you're going to send a lot of mailing. So. While the national polls give um, pundits and uh, the American people sort of a lay of the land, I think each individual campaign really focuses on um, what they need to do and what their polls are telling them they need to do.
3: But at this point, we've gotten so sophisticated, you're down to campaigning at the molecular level. The demographics Mm -hmm. get so sophisticated you're down to, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, certain types of incomes, uh, homeowners, college students, uh, people that drive large cars, small cars. You know, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you've got so much demographic data. It's got to be
1: overwhelming. Well, it is, uh, I can tell you from experience, it is uh, uh, very overwhelming. But there are... Uh, models and programs that really make it easier for a campaign operative to sort of navigate through all of this information. I mean, uh, I remember when we ran a, um, I I ran a Senate race in New York, you know, uh, there could be 50 people living in an apartment building and, you know, they'll all get a general mailing, but very, um, specifically targeted, uh, to uh, each individual in that apartment building. So it'll be essentially 50 different mailers for 50 people who live in that same building. It's gotten very very sophisticated and very very technical. Um as you said, you know, women who have children, women who are single, women who um have children but are divorced. It's just it's a it's a very sophisticated Method to campaign, uh, which we really didn't have uh, when I first started in the business.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, was there a point in the 2008 campaign where the polling data really dramatically changed something that you were doing, where you just said, "Okay, we've got to we've got to make a dramatic change here in the campaign"?
1: Well, you know, it was interesting in the 08. You know, <laughs> excuse me, I um, ran Hillary's. Clinton's campaign for president in 08. And when she lost the nomination, I went over to um, work for uh, then-candidate Barack Obama, specifically for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you remember, but in the um, up until about October of 2007, we were the inevitable winner. All of the national polls had us anywhere up between five, six, seven points. But when you focus down into the state polls, into the first, uh, caucus and primary states, in Iowa, it was very, very tight. Um, but, but the nat- you know, the national pundits and, uh, 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 political watchers all said, oh, Hillary's gonna win. She's up seven points nationally. But when you drill down into the individual caucuses and primaries, Iowa had us very tight. So we took that information and re, really, um, uh, tried to put a lot of our attention into Iowa. We spent an enormous amount of time there. We uh, put a lot of resources in terms of uh, grounds operations and, as I said, mailing and advertising. Now, it ended up that we... Um, came in third <laughs> but that, that sort of tells you
3: hey that you know, was not from lack of
1: trying <laughs> that was not from lack of trying <laughs> no, it you know, wasn't but that that really sort of uh i think is a good illustration of how um, the public polls and the national polls can differ very much when you really drill down on what you need to do so um, i gotta believe
3: that the campaign managers now as we head toward election day are really drilling down to these swing states
1: Absolutely, without question uh, you can you can um, uh, see the national polls, but I at this point, pretty much, if I were running either campaign, I would be disregarding the national polls and really looking into these swing states because what matters. Uh, on election night when all the votes are tallied is that 270 electoral votes
3: absolutely now we have to take a short commercial break when we come back i'd like to talk about the differences between running as an incumbent and as a challenger we'll be right back you're listening to the costa report I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli, owner of Caraccioli Cellars. I have to say that every time that I've been by, it has been packed with people. It's more of a social environment.
4: Yeah, it's really kind of a meeting place as well in Carmel. A lot of people come and taste a flight of wines before they go to dinner. We have a big screen TV in there. We feed all the games that are local and important, and it definitely becomes a meeting place for people.
3: So you must get a lot of first dates there maybe?
4: You know, we get a lot of first dates, second dates. A lot of times it's couples that do come in and we see them again after the first time.
3: I can imagine, and I would suggest that if anyone's thinking about a first date, that might be a really nice place to kick it off. One more time now, where is the tasting room located and what are your hours?
4: We're located right in the heart of Carmel-by-the-Sea, right on Dolores, between Ocean and 7th. We're open daily from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And on Fridays and Saturdays, we actually open up at 11 and stay open until 10 p.m.
3: Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Costa, But don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy, and together, let's get our lives and our country moving forward again.
2: When you want straight talk, great service, and the best deals, you will always find them at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Jeff Winterholder. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and the best deals on new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this, Jeff's Deal of the Week at North Bay Ford. It's the Deal of the Week on the Truck of the Year. Save $8,000 off MSRP on the in-stock, built Ford Tough 2012 F-150 XLT 5-liter. Why buy anything less? Sale price includes $1,000 XLT, Bonus: $2,000 retail bonus cash, $500 5.0 liter V8, $1,000 FMCC bonus, $1,000 retail trade assist, and a $2,500 North Bay Ford discount. Wow, this really is the deal of the week on the Truck of the Year. We need a quality pre-owned economy car for your college student, a new family car for your Sunday drives, or a fleet of powerful new trucks for your berry ranches. Look first to your friends at locally owned North Bay Ford. 1999 Soquel Avenue, Santa Cruz, or on the web at northbayford.com.
5: September 22nd from 5 to 9 p.m., Santa Cruz County Animal Shelter will host its first-ever gala, Top Hat for Tails. The event will feature gourmet food, great entertainment, and an auction with proceeds going directly to support the Animal Shelter's mission. Hosted on the grounds of a fabulous private estate near Los Gatos, the venue features park-like ambience and stunning views of Santa Cruz Mountains. Bring a leash, well-mannered dog to this gorgeous pet-friendly venue. For more information and to purchase tickets, please visit scanimalshelter.org. This event is sponsored in part by KSC CO Radio
2: tune in to the Sentinel Radio Program Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on AM 1080 KSCO. Brought to you by First Church of Christ Scientist Monterey. Come into our Christian Science Community Reading Room and Bookstore and find comfort from the challenges you're facing. We have the resources that will connect you with your God-given substance. Find help now. Our address is 780 Abrego Street in Monterey. Reach out for this help today. Come in and visit or call 831-372-5076. 372-5076.
3: Welcome back to the Costa Report I'm Rebecca Costa and our guest today is Presidential Campaign Manager Miss Patty Solis Doyle and before the break, we were talking about the fact that campaign managers are now focused on the swing states and drilling down to the molecular level of voter demographics. Now, there's a big difference between running as an incumbent and running as a lesser-known challenger. So what are some of the challenges Obama faces this time around that
1: he didn't in 2008? Well, um, it- Incumbency comes with advantages, and you're right, disadvantages. I think probably um, the biggest disadvantage, uh, particularly in this cycle, is uh, last time around in 08, um, uh it, it, George Bush was leaving his second term, and so both the Democratic candidate and the Republican candidate could be very critical of what um, the administration had done because they weren't really uh, responsible for it. Like the Republicans, obviously, less so because it was the same party and and whatnot. But they they weren't actually responsible for what had happened and what the policies were and how the policies worked over the last four years and. Uh, last cycles case over the last eight years this time around and um obama uh is totally responsible you know the buck stops here so um he's responsible for the last four years and uh, where we are uh today where we are in the economy where we are in foreign policy he can't really uh run away from it or blame somebody else but he you know
3: but they the seem president. to be trying to blame someone else They keep trying to say that these are problems that took many many years to develop and you can't really quash them in one in one term right
1: well well that's right i mean and I mean, isn't and, that and, the and, argument and that's, that's being made that's that's absolutely right and it's very true actually uh, but i think uh, the president uh, has been has been very clear in terms of what he inherited which was you know the worst recession since the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the decisions that he's made I think he's uh, he's taken full responsibility for and I think he's uh, you know I believe and he's stated that had he not made them, things would have been horribly worse. And as that's Bill such said, a tough argument to make though. But but as Bill it's Clinton tough. Said at the I
3: convention, mean everybody so knows that it's hard to to get people to believe that
1: things could be worse. Well, they were worse. I mean, we were losing seven hundred fifty thousand jobs a month. Mm-hmm. We're now gaining jobs. You know, 30, thirty straight months of job growth. So they were worse. Um,
3: and but I don't think it's, anybody it's, in their right mind thought it would take this long. Well, uh, least of like, all the president.
1: Uh, well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, I, again, as Bill Clinton said at the, at the convention, nobody. Not, not Clinton, not nobody could have gotten us completely out of the hole mm-hmm. by now. Uh, but, the, but the policies are right, uh, and if we keep on, if we keep on this track, we'll get there.
3: So now there uh, were some extraordinary factors in the 2008 election. The mm-hmm. nation was electing the first black president, and it was mm-hmm. a historic moment for the country. Mm-hmm. But that's not our situation this time around. So my question is. How does the campaign get those who were motivated by that historic opportunity, like the important youth vote? How how do they get them to turn out? What would you advise them at this point?
1: Well, you know, I think, uh, uh, first of all, they did a great job at their convention. Uh, the Democratic Party did a fantastic job at the convention. Um, I think the speakers were eloquent and they were effective in terms of um, the message each was supposed to deliver. You know, Michelle Obama was fantastic and sort of uh Shedding the personal aspect of the President and their family and their children and and uh, describing where he came from and how that affects him as a leader. I thought she was magnificent. And then um, um, uh, Bill Clinton, as I said, he sort of really laid out the case for um, uh, where we are today and saying and, and explaining, Uh, the economy and healthcare and uh, foreign policy and what the president has done. And then the president himself, I think he went up there and really motivated um, his base and independence Uh, uh, and I think you see that in the polls. Since the convention uh, he has really rallied his base.
3: Yeah, there's Uh, been an uptick, definitely.
1: Mm -hmm. There's definitely Uh been an uptick. Now it doesn't uh it also helps that uh governor romney has had uh you know had a had a had an okay convention uh the you know despite the Clint eastwood bit of a debacle uh but then he's you know the campaign has made some um mistakes and so I think that's helped as well but I think after the convention people are really you know I was fired up and ready to go to to use the catchphrase I yeah. think well
3: <laughs> now you mentioned the mistakes that the, the campaign has made what what mistakes would you narrow it down to which have been critical on the Romney camp
1: well um you know there's been several and you know having been on a on a on a losing campaign and having had uh pundits and 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 others sort of criticize you publicly I don't really appreciate but having said that i i will just say that um it's been almost uh it's been also, but it's been the aspect of it being back to back to back. So first we had the Clint Eastwood, uh, you know, mistake having him in prime time and him not being scripted and not knowing what he was going to do, and then it was, um, you know, Governor Romney's response to the tragic uh, attacks in Libya. On, um,
3: which would you have, have advised him America. to? Would you have advised him to refrain from commenting? That it wasn't appropriate to comment?
1: Well, it was appropriate to comment. I just don't think his comment was appropriate. I think uh, the entire nation was mourning. Uh, It was a tragedy. Four Americans died. And uh, to make that a political, uh, uh, to use that as a political attack, it was just not appropriate. You know, maybe once more facts were in, maybe. uh, But he didn't let the mourning Aspect pass, and mm-hmm. so that that was that was a mistake, I think. And then, of course, the the the, the mistake um, uh, that everyone's talking about now is this video that popped up of Mitt Romney at a fundraiser where he seemed to speak candidly about the 47% of Americans that um, you know he just can't worry about and. Uh, in terms of that, you know, first of all, there's so many wrong things about that. Uh, just from a tactical point, any candidate should know that you're never uh, speaking uh, off the record in this day and age.
3: You would think so. I mean,
1: don't they, don't they own a smartphone? <laughs> exactly. You know, everybody with a phone is a reporter these days. So, yeah. so um,
3: I, I'm always amazed. I, I think people shouldn't be elected who can't figure that out. That yes. seems like a litmus test. You can't figure out that everybody's got a smartphone and they're taping and recording everything that you're saying. Uh, if you can't even get that about technology, I don't know how you can lead a country.
1: Well, I, as I said, I, uh, I, we learned that lesson long ago, especially in this day and age with social media and the technology, anything you say, wherever you say it. And that's really,
3: got to be a campaign manager's uh, nightmare. I, I remember Bush saying, making a remark about a reporter while his mic was still on. Remember that?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And well, And we all just shuddered. I mean, everyone laughed about it, but still, that's got to be a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Well, in that case, though, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you don't know your mic is on. But, but Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well,
3: I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have to take a sh- another short break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about some of these gaffes that drive campaign managers nuts. Okay. Uh, you're listening to the Costa Report.
6: Hello, my name is Tom Burkhart, founder and CEO of Savant Investment Group. We recently opened an office on the Monterey Peninsula, headed by local 22-year resident Peter Truman. Our firm began working with clients in the Bay Area 20 years ago. We understand the anxiety of the typical investor, particularly in these volatile times. We're SEC registered, we don't sell products, and we don't receive commissions. We are fee-only advisors. We have a division devoted to corporate retirement plan services that can guide you through the new regulations beginning next year. We manage accounts for $1 million and above. You can reach us at 1-800-672-8268, 1-800-672-8268, and visit our website at www.savantig.com. Again, www.savantig.com. Thank you. Come celebrate
7: the Red with the Santa Cruz County Chapter of the American Red Cross. Join local volunteers, business, and community leaders as we raise money and awareness for the life-saving programs and services of the Red Cross. On September 28, 2012 at the Coconut Grove Ballroom at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, Celebrate the Red will feature a champagne reception, buffet dinner, music, and a live silent auction to raise awareness of the vital roles the Red Cross plays within the local and global communities, thanks to the volunteers, the board members, and the generosity of donors. The Santa Cruz County Chapter of the American Red Cross will honor entrepreneur Jack O'Neill of O'Neill's Wetsuits and Surf Shop fame with the American Red Cross Humanitarian of the Year Award. All proceeds raised will go directly towards the mission of helping people prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies locally. To buy tickets, to help sponsor the event, or to get more information, visit www.sccredcross.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the California Society of CPAs, and the Ad Council.
5: Whether you're starting a new company, debuting a new product or service, or you just want to know that you are getting the most out of your existing business, Link Media Partners is here to help. Brand development, media planning, market analysis, focus groups, social media campaigns, and more. Link Media Partners, sales, marketing, and management. Solutions that work. Call 831-295-1849 for a consultation or find us online at linkmediapartners.com.
6: The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm here today with presidential campaign expert Patty Solis Doyle. And before the break, you were talking about some of the missteps the Romney camp may have made in this election. And you mentioned the latest gaffe, which is a video which shows Romney saying that he can't worry about a certain cross-section of the population. So mm-hmm. that brings me to the next point, which is it seems like this these days that the media is practically lying in wait to grab onto some gotcha. And then once that takes hold, it's like a memory hook or a meme, and it's really hard to get rid of. Um, you know, in the in 2008, it was Sarah Palin. You know, she uh, she got caught saying that she could see Russia from her backyard, and she referred mm-hmm. to Afghanistan as a neighboring country. And aren't most of these things just flub ups? I mean, you know, if you listen to how normal people talk, they they make mistakes all the time. But we just seem like we just jump on these
1: things. Well. um, yeah. Yes, I, I I agree with that. And and um, you know, but the, that's why it's it's a very uh, difficult uh, endeavor to run for president of the United States. And if you if you can't handle um, these kind of mistakes or flub ups um, or how to how to react to them, then really it's, it's going to be difficult for voters to think that you can handle you know. Uh, a terrorist attack, or <laughs> you
3: know, it's it's that's right because uh, this is uh, live theater. Exactly right, and you're saying that how someone conducts themselves in live theater is going to tell you everything you need to know when they're up against
1: a live, real time event. Right, or you know, when you do make a mistake, because everybody, everybody does make mistakes. It's how you conduct yourself uh, after you've made it. You know. So, so uh,
3: what advice would you give the Romney camp about this latest video?
1: Well, I think the the the, the real problem with this video and the audio uh, that was, you know, released or, and, and and put up was, you know, basically he said that he wasn't going to concern himself with 47% of Americans who consider themselves victims and who believe that the government um, has a responsibility to take care of them, right? That That's mm-hmm. in essence what he said. The, the, the real problem with that for, I think, Governor Romney and for his campaign is that it fit it really sort of um fits this narrative that um was sort of coalescing over the summer that you know here is governor romney born with a silver spoon in his mouth rich elitist only cares about other rich people uh and it just sort of um kind of solidified that you know negative narrative that was that was being built by um The Obama campaign, frankly, you know, I remember when the during the summer when the Obama campaign was being criticized for attacking him on Bain capital and for, you know, attacking him on taxes, it turns out that it, 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 it sort of laid the groundwork for this video that you know, has caused so much damage. Um, right,
3: because think, it, it fed into a fundamental problem that he's been fighting ever since he was trying to get the Republican Party nomination, which is people have a hard time relating to him. Exactly. And and it's this was the explanation. Touch, people are touch. having a hard time relating to him because he doesn't care about 47% of the population. I think that it fed right into it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, this just out-of-touch, tone-deaf... Um, um, uh, you know, again, narrative. And so, how
3: does he dig out of day. it? So, you're his campaign manager for a day. <laughs> what What do you tell them they need to do to dig out of that?
1: Well, he's got he's got uh, three opportunities in the debates uh, next month. Uh, so, I think he needs to obviously he needs to perform well. Uh, I think the the onus on him performing well is greater than right now than the president performing well. Also, he needs to change the subject. I mean, we've been talking about this for a week, and he needs to change the subject. And I think that the only way that he can change the subject is to really lay out his plan for his presidency, really, uh, which I think the camp- the campaign hasn't really done yet. Um,
3: you know, really, they they yeah, kind of specific. they need a slogan or a memory hook like mm-hmm. Herman Cain came up with, or something that people can wrap a chant. You know, right. something that people can wrap their arms around. Uh, I think they really need a memory hook, a, a very badly.
1: Uh, They need they need something uh, for sure. Uh, But I think if he can get specific on uh, his plan for the economy, um, you know, he can he can change the subject because that's really what we should be talking about is each each man's plan. That's right. For the next four years. Right.
3: Get it focused back on the plans Mm -hmm. and the issues. Now let's talk a little bit about negative campaigning. I had uh, Alex Castellanos here uh, Mm -hmm. a while back and he kept reminding me that there is one reason that these negative ads keep being used. They work. They just fundamentally work. So as a campaign expert,
1: how do you advise your candidates about negative ads? Well, you know, Alex is absolutely right. you know everyone will tell you, "Oh, I hate the negative ads i you know I can't stand to watch them i don't I wish they would stop, but they work they they you know they take an effect you you see them, and um you know many people assume because they see it on television that it's true, uh, which I think has resulted in um a lot of you know falsehoods in in advertising because you know it doesn't ma- at this point it doesn't matter if it's true or false they're just airing it. Um, uh, but to answer your question, um, negative ads do work, but but they're not going to work if you don't have your proactive positive message too. Because I think voters really do tend to vote for something as opposed to against something. Uh, they really need to know um, what you stand for.
3: Well, actually, in a two-party system, which is fundamentally what we have, I don't really need to convince you to vote for me. I just need to convince you that the other fellows worsen me, don't I? Well, no, well, you,
1: no you need to convince me to go vote. No, that's true. I do need to turn out, guys, out the vote. That's if, right. If you just convince me that the other guy's no good, that, yeah. uh, but there's no reason for me to really vote for you, then I'm just going to stay home. Yeah, that's true.
3: Well, the vast majority of us uh, do stay home, which is a, a separate problem. We're not
1: motivated to vote, which is a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it really is. It, it really is a sad state of affairs, and it's not helped by all of these voter ID laws uh, that are trying to crop up in all of these states either uh, no
3: actually craig newmark the founder of craigslist has a wonderful blog on that he has a chart showing how the number of eligible voters has been systematically reduced year after year after year because of new regulations it's a shocking chart it's up on the internet and i i i had to have him on my program because i couldn't believe this was happening right under our noses i like a lot of problems but you know a lot of these back to these attack ads uh a lot of these attack ads are sponsored by uh special interest groups and Mm -hmm. they seem to do the dirty work, you know, Mm -hmm.
1: um, and special interest groups and super PACs and
3: super PACs. And they seem to do the dirty work for the candidates. And on the one hand, it does work. It is effective and we all know it. And on the other hand, there's really no way to control them. Is there, I mean, as a campaign manager, how big a problem is that? Because, (laughs) uh, according to the Supreme court, they have a right to run whatever they want to run.
1: Right. Um, that's right. And I, I, personally believe that the Supreme Court made the wrong decision, and it really just goes against, you know, what this country's foundation is, uh, you know, a democratic foundation, which is one person, one vote. Uh, and anybody who has a greater voice than that, you know, it's just not, in my opinion, what this country is about.
3: But we have yes. the Supreme Court clearly saying that a corporation Correct. Is, Correct. is allowed to speak. They're protected Correct. under that First Amendment. Correct. And and, so uh, and they can uh, give a candidate any amount of money they'd like. Any amount
1: of money they'd like. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, problem that is buys
3: a lot of TV time, which sure we've already does. talked about, makes people it sure believe does.
1: it's true. It sure does. But the idea that, you know, uh, 10 billionaires really um, have that much say-so, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of advertising in one election, is just, you know, for me personally, obscene. But having said that, you're right. This is what the Supreme Court uh, ruled on, and this is what they decided. And so campaigns, like it or not, have to play within those rules and within those parameters. So, you know, you're a campaign manager and, you know, Super PAC A who... Uh, supposedly is advocating for you, but you have no control over what they're going to do, right? Or what, Right. are going to air. Um, so there's not a lot you can do, but Super PAC A, if they actually know what they're doing, I mean, we're
3: going to check polls, in with the
1: campaign manager know. beforehand, right? No, they can't because that's <laughs> illegal. But they, they look, they read the newspapers, right. they look at the public polls, they, they run a, a parallel track to that. Okay,
3: so. well, we have to take our last break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming election from the vantage okay. point of one of the most knowledgeable campaign managers in the country. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report.
8: Just about everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are good for our health, but not everyone knows how to build a healthier plate. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. For each meal, nutrition experts recommend filling half of your plate with fruits and veggies. Whether it's fresh berries with your breakfast cereal, a wrap filled with your favorite roasted vegetables for lunch, or a medley of crunchy veggies for a pre-dinner nibble, Dole provides the freshest and highest quality produce available. When you load up on all the nutritional good stuff, you give your meal an instant boost of color, flavor, and texture, plus vitamins and minerals and fiber. Everything your body needs to succeed. For nutritional inspiration and to learn more about Dole's fresh, whole, and cut vegetables and a full line of berries, visit Dole.com. With Dole as your partner in health, the possibilities are endless. Visit Dole.com. Hi, I'm Rebecca
3: Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Costas. Dot com, but don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy, and together let's get our lives in our country moving forward again.
4: Hi folks, Warren Knox here of Knox Roofing. Going through my tackle box the other day brought to mind all the choices we have. Lures like a castmaster, a wobble right, super dupers, Ford Fenders, a crocodile, Panther Martin, or a blue fox. A hoochie might work. It's hard to know which one all work differently. When it comes to hiring a roofing contractor, it's a lot like a tackle box. Lots of choices between contractors. Some look flashy, talk, dress fancy, have a lot of promises, and can be very convincing and pretty. But when it comes to your home, especially your roof, there's only one choice to get the job done right, and that's Knox Roofing. So, folks, don't get lured in by a flashy contractor. Knox Roofing tells us straight, we have a track record unsurpassed in the community if poor workmanship and substandard materials is what you're looking for Knox roofing is not for you so give Knox roofing a call today we will be a good catch for you at 461-0634 thanks folks ranger station ranger speaking
8: yeah hi i'd like to report a bear sighting location my backyard
4: oh your backyard try telling a bear that i did and this bear talked back talking bear that's rich no wait it was smoky bear smoky Why didn't you say so? I did say so. Continue. I was burning yard waste. No boy. He
8: told me to burn legally and responsibly, and to remember that if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave.
4: And as always, he's right. You know, nine out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. That means nine out of 10 wildfires can be prevented.
8: Yeah, I know that now. Thanks to me. Actually, thanks to Smokey.
4: As usual, the talking bear gets all the credit. Always burn responsibly and contact your local fire department for open burning regulations. Because 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only
6: you can prevent wildfires. <music>
3: Welcome back to the Costa Report. Our guest today is presidential campaign expert, Patty Solis Doyle. Before the last break, we were talking about the fact that super PACs and special interest groups are free to run any ads that they want. And this can sometimes be a real challenge for a campaign manager, especially when these ads are negative attack ads. So getting back to the election, recently with these riots and anti-American sentiment heating up in the Middle East... Some polls indicate that national security is starting to overtake the economy as voters number one concern. And I suspect that this is probably a temporary change and we may be right back on the economy in another week. But so far, that shift in attention looks as though it's been very good for the president's campaign because his approval ratings have gone up at approximately the same time that these events have been exploding in the Middle East. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, well, I think that's right. I, I, I agree with your prediction that we will probably switch back uh, to the economy uh, very soon if we haven't already done so in, in certain polls that are in the field now. But I think, you know, uh, President Obama is very strong on national security, uh, um, uh, in no small part, I think, to his secretary of state, who was his uh, competitor uh, back in '08. But, um, you know, uh, the death of Osama bin Laden... Um, I think uh, was very important to every American uh, that we finally had retribution for those horrible attacks on 9-11. I think that, uh, uh, you know, compound that with Mitt Romney's visit to uh, London and the gaff there, uh, I think... Uh, foreign policy is is solid ground for the president at this point.
3: So the more things heat up in the Middle East, it seems as though the more the voters' attention is on security, Uh, the better the president does in his approval ratings, uh, and the more it's focused on the economy, the president doesn't fare so well uh, because of the last four years and not being able to turn anything completely around, which we already know couldn't have been done, but still, uh, people are not happy, they feel disappointed, so his approval ratings don't do quite as well. So in that kind of a, a climate How does Obama and Romney appeal to independent voters without losing their far left or far right constituency? Because the independent voter is going to play an increasingly uh, important role as we move into these swing states.
1: Uh, I agree with you that the independent voter is very important. Uh, you know, you start any election with, you know, 40% of the country is voting for you, 40% is voting for the other guy or the other woman, uh, and that 20% is really the vote you have to go after. I disagree, though, on uh, when this race is about the economy. It's bad for the president. I think after the convention, and it could have been uh, due to the just, you know, the great convention that they put on, but. Um, uh, Barack Obama uh, is now leading Mitt Romney in certain polls, I think the Washington Post, NBC poll um, uh, on the economy, um, uh, his ideas for the economy. Um, So I I think that no matter the subject for me and I think Mm -hmm. for most Americans, Uh, elections are a choice, right? Um, And you have to look at the issues and see where each candidate uh, stands on those issues, and then you have to make a choice. You may not agree on each candidate stands on every issue, but the issues that matter to you, uh, and according to the latest polls, uh, on the two big issues, foreign policy and the economy, right now, uh, anyway, Obama's Winning. Mm-hmm. And
3: your advice to the uh, Romney campaign is for uh, Romney to focus in on specifics during mm-hmm. the presidential debates. These debates seem to uh, play a huge role. Every election, they seem to even play a bigger role in mm-hmm. uh, in how voters are, are going to react. But this year, I believe we've got three presidential Debates and one vice presidential debate. If I'm not wrong about that, That's right?
1: Uh, do we need that many? Well, yeah, I think I think I think we absolutely do. I, you know, in fact, I'd, I I would like to see more. I, I think that should we
3: should we start these debates six months before the election? Have them do maybe a couple of debates every month, so we really get to know mm-hmm. them.
1: See, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea because up until now what we've had are advertisings that the campaigns control and script. Uh, we've had conventions that the campaigns control and script. And the debates really are where, you know, people get to ask questions and they have to answer those questions. And, uh, they get follow-up questions. Um, and that's really where you get to know not just the candidate, but where they stand on very specific issues. So I think there's a real give and take. It's a conversation, and you can't really hide behind a pre-scripted, you know, um, uh, advert, you know, uh, advertisement or a pre. Right. A you can't be manipulated. Right. right. Exactly. Right. You
3: know, but then I always them. worry. You know, I balance that against the fact that I'm tempted to select the better performer. You know, and i and I worry about that because I know a lot of smart people that would be make wonderful leaders, but they aren't necessarily so good on a stage
1: i i I, I hear that, and especially with these debates where they're very um, uh, structured, you know, you get sixty seconds to answer this question, you get thirty seconds to respond to um, you know, to, for a rebuttal. Uh, and there's not a lot that you can say uh, in 60 seconds or 30 seconds. But I still think it's better than, uh, you know, a speech or an advertise, you know, an ad or a, or a convention speech. I mean, they're just talking at you, at least in the debate. You really do have a conversation and they do have to answer, you know, tough questions.
3: Yeah, um, you're absolutely right about that. And they are tough questions and the media really but the media doesn't seem to go back to them and say, "Excuse me, you didn't answer the question." I mean, I I, I sometimes I I think they're a little bit light-handed. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Um no, actually, I don't agree with you know, that. I, you, think, you, I yeah. think I think the 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 journalists who get tapped to uh, uh moderate these debates really have um uh, a responsibility, and I think they take it very seriously, actually. And,
3: and uh, well, we and, shall see because uh, those three debates are right around the corner. So before yeah. we run out of time, I I can't let the us end the program without asking you how it felt to become the first Hispanic female to direct a presidential campaign. Did that change anything for you, or was it just back to hard work?
1: Well. Um, Obviously, I was very proud, and I was um extraordinarily proud to be working for the first real viable uh, woman candidate for president, you know, and for the first woman. Candidate to ever really win a state's uh, primary or caucus, so I, you know, there was a lot of, of pride, and and my family was quite proud. But, you know, when you're in it, in 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 the day in nitty gritty of a campaign where you're working 16, 18 hours a day, you really don't have time to think. Oh my God, I'm the first Hispanic woman running the presidential <laughs>
3: campaign. Here, you're sort of you have to just. When, when did it hit you?
1: How many years after? <laughs> Uh, you know, years after when, you know, people introduced me as the first Hispanic
3: <laughs> You know, there there's been a lot of research done on people that are high achievers and it turns out they take almost no time to celebrate or even acknowledge their achievement. And so I can believe a couple of years later somebody was probably introducing and you said, Oh yeah, I did do that
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it happened, yes.
3: And now, how can uh, our listeners keep track of you? Uh, Do you have a website, or where can they go to learn more about you?
1: I have a Facebook page, and I have a Twitter account at Patty Sleaze Stoyle, and uh, hashtag Patty Sleaze Stoyle, and um, I am a partner at a um, uh, law firm, firm Utrecht & Phillips, out of Washington, D.C.
3: Okay, well, for listeners who want to get more information, uh, they can also go to our website and we will post additional uh, contact information. Well, believe it or not, that is our program for today. But before we let you go, I want to thank you for being an inspiring role model for young women everywhere. Thank you, Ms. Doyle.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You're a great interviewer. Thank you.
3: (laughs) If your station is leaving after the first hour, my guest next week is Norman Ornstein, acclaimed journalist and one of the original authors of the McCain-Feingold Act, otherwise known as the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act. As we head into the home stretch of this year's presidential election, don't miss an exclusive interview with Norman Ornstein, because we're going to talk about That subject that nobody wants to discuss, why election reform has failed in this country. That's next week right here on your favorite weekly news program. Until then, I'm Rebecca Costa and you're listening to the Costa Report.
5: No question that selling a home can be a tricky business when the economy is uneven. But here's a little bit of good news. Not only are financing options opening up, America's love affair with the Monterey Peninsula still continues. Homes that are priced and marketed right are moving. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner-broker of Alain Panel Realtors in Carmel, where we're happy to report that inventories are coming down and homes are selling. So, if you're getting ready to sell or listing your home, call Alon Panel Realtors in Carmel at 831-622-1040 or stop by our offices on the corner of Ocean and Dolores or our main office on Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. Alon Panel Realtors, serious brokers for serious sellers.
2: If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Hello, Charlie Friedman here. Listen to the things your friends and neighbors are doing for themselves with the help of
4: Santa Cruz Electronics. Microwave repair. Robotic arm with controller for E-Shed industrial arm.
7: Tesla coil for my rail gun.
4: Dead tricks upgrades.
7: Drive for a telescope.
4: A tube amp for my guitar.
8: Submersible sensors for NASA.
4: Ethernet cable for my new iMac. Solar-powered gate. Instrument panel for an airplane
0: wiring my hot rod
7: upgrading PC system
4: help with home wiring custom audio cables for recording
7: studio
2: high voltage electronic ignition circuit
7: building a spaceship
2: If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Voted Best Electronics Store, two years running. Call Santa Cruz Electronics today at 831-479-5444 or visit at 2808 SoCal Avenue in Santa Cruz. Do it yourself and save money with the help of Santa Cruz Electronics.
4: We've got a transmitter and we're not afraid to use it. News
6: Talk 1080 KSCO.